Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of To The Point Nutrition. I'm the dance nutritionist and I'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer, you don't have to diet. Instead, I'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance. A nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing, but also enhances your strength, improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. Hi. Hi. Nice to see you, Megan. Nice to see you too. I was just telling everyone that um, I am such a fan of yours. Ever since I saw you perform at the Joyce when you were in your ABT two days, I have been a major fan. Thank you so much. <laughs> so I hope everything's going well over there in England. Yeah, it's going well. We're starting to ease lockdown here. Um, it's sunny, so that's always a plus over here in London. Um, yes. But yeah, I'm doing well. That's awesome. Yeah, we have the sun here today, too, in New York, so that's always nice. It really helps. <laughs> so, Megan, I figured I would just really start this by going through the questions that I sent you earlier, and we could just take it from there. Perfect. Sounds good. Sounds good? Okay. So, Megan, many dance students face challenges throughout their pre-professional training and even throughout their professional careers. I'd love to hear a challenge that you perhaps have faced, um, whether that be in your pre-professional days or your professional days, and just how you've worked to overcome that. Um, one of the things that comes to mind right away is actually being away from my family. Mm. Um, so you know, slightly unrelated to my actual ballet career, but I moved over to England about, gosh, I started in August 2011, so wow. it's almost nine years. Mm -hmm. um, I, my family's in New York. I, mm -hmm. you know, I went to JKO, I was in ABT2, I was in ABT, I was a real, you know, I, I was a homebody. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really close to my family, and all of a sudden I found myself moving across an ocean. Wow. And, and it was scary. It was really scary. Um, and at first I, I thought, I, can, I can't, I don't know if I can do this. You know, I remember sitting in my flat thinking, I think I, ha I have to get on a plane and go home. Wow. Um, and then, you know, as time goes on, obviously the Royal Ballet has become like a second family to me. Sure. And and you, you fall into your friendship groups, but I would say that's one of the hardest things that I found throughout my career is just just feeling, you know, that, that little bit of homesick. Yeah. yeah, which is something that I hear about often when I speak to dancers who, even the dance students who travel, not really so much now with COVID going on, but you do hear a lot of this, a lot of students who will travel, whether it be across the ocean or just across the country to continue their training. Um, and some of these dancers, as you know, are as young as 12 years old, uh, really moving away from their families to pursue this 
uh, passion. And I think that can be really tough, especially when they're that young, uh, when it comes to food, just having access to foods that they're comfortable with and that they're used to. So I, I hear this as a challenge with a lot of dancers. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I didn't leave home till I was about 20, 19, 20. Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful that I had that kind of support system where, you know, I was living at home. I had, you know, my mom made me meals and she made sure she kept a close eye to make sure throughout my training, I wasn't deviating, you know, from what is a healthy balanced diet when kids move away that young I think it can be really tough yeah and uh as dancers you know we definitely face some pressures on us uh when it comes to body aesthetics and I think that a lot of young dancers fall for lack of a, of a better phrase fall victim to some pretty unhealthy behaviors around their eating and around just maintaining more of a healthy body weight um i'm curious to hear from you was there ever a time in your training that you just started to connect what was going on your plate with how you were performing i would say um throughout school i wasn't as aware of it um, you know, as I said, I was living at home. I had a lot of meals provided for me and I was kind of doing the daily ritual of academics and then ballet training. It wasn't until I joined ABT2 when all of a sudden the workload really piled on. Um, we were performing a lot. We were touring. Um, we were putting our bodies under, under a lot of stress when we were like 16 to 18 years old. And I started to realize, okay, I really, I need to pay attention to what's going in my body. Make sure, making sure it's enough and it's the right, it's the right foods to keep me going. Otherwise, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to get through a show. Mm -hmm. Definitely, that's a really good point. Uh, just really figuring out, and again, having to do this at a young age, at 18, 19 years old, having to figure out what is gonna best get you through your performances, energy-wise. It's really trial and error. I feel as you are going throughout your training, just learning what works for you and that there isn't just a one size fits all. And how have you been able to keep a positive relationship with your body while being immersed in a very body aesthetic type of lifestyle? Um, you know, I would say, again, being surrounded by mirrors all the time you're looking at your colleagues or um, schoolmates and you see someone has a particular body type and there's so much um, comparing especially when you're young I feel mm -hmm. like I've, I've really learned now that we all we all have our own path we all have our own body everyone is different you only get one so you mm -hmm. have to you have to you know be sure you protect it um, and I feel like when I when I joined Royal, I realized just concentrate on yourself mm -hmm. because if you get distracted by others, it, it just gets into your head and, and starts to really affect you. And as soon as you let that little, that little gremlin get in, mm -hmm. um, it can really be, a, it can be a downward spiral for some people. And thankfully I, I have had a really good support system throughout my whole career and, and just a reminder of, you know, yes, ballet is, is our everything and it's our passion, but COVID has been a really good reminder. We are, we are all human. Life is so much bigger than, than one performance. 
I even know with myself, I'm the kind of person who is very type A, very perfectionist. And if, when I get into routine, I become very dependent on that routine. And I, and I believe a lot of dancers are like this. Um, and I find that something like COVID has been the biggest reminder uh, to really just ground us all and realize that we can't have full control over every aspect, uh, whether that's in regards to our training, whether that's in regards to the foods that we're eating. We were all put to the test with this, with this whole situation. Absolutely. So now to kind of just break down what you actually do eat in a day, because I know it can look different between your, when you're actually in season versus potentially now when you're not um, uh, as active or if you're just mainly doing more virtual types of classes. Right. So right now, um, we're still not allowed back in the studios. So I'm home. Um, I'm My day-to-day -day right now, exercise-wise, is usually class um, – Monday, Wednesday, Friday, mm -hmm. and then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'll do gym or Pilates, mm -hmm. um, and then on weekends, I kind of pick and choose. Sunday, I like to give a complete rest day as, yeah. as normal, mm -hmm. and sometimes, you know, I feel really lazy, and I'm like, well, I haven't done four million ballets this week. I shouldn't give myself a day off, but mm -hmm. it's actually been a blessing because it, it, it makes you feel rested for the next week and ready, and I, th I feel like the hardest part about this period has been motivation because it's like, well, you know, you don't know when the next show is going to be. Yeah. You're in your living room. I'm smacking my foot on a sofa. <laughs> I get it. Oh. Yeah. It's been really tough. Um, but I feel like I've fallen into a routine now, but I, I can't wait to get back to the usual, the usual routine. And what's funny is um, it's made me realize, you know, right now I have the time to cook all three meals, which never happens usually mm -hmm. on a typical day I wake up it depends you know if if there's a show the night before I probably will give sleep the priority and wake up and just grab cereal and a banana mm -hmm. um, and some fresh juice and that'll be my breakfast typically I'd prefer to have eggs um, and then you know get on get on the subway train go to class and then we'll have 15 minutes before our rehearsal day starts and that can go from 12 to 5 30 or 12 to 6 30 mm -hmm. depending on if there's a show mm -hmm. um in that time we're supposed to have an hour's lunch break should happen doesn't always happen mm -hmm. um so that's why it's been so strange right now to actually have the time to sit down and and have a real lunch mm -hmm. um during the season, you know, you, you tend to kind of run and grab a sandwich or grab whatever you can for lunch. And co I constantly have snacks in my bag, mm -hmm. nuts, banana, apple slices, uh, dried fruit. It depends on what it is. If you're one, if you're really nervous, <laughs> mm -hmm. can't really eat too much. Or mm -hmm. if it's something where I'm... I'm quite small, so I'll get cast in things where I'm getting flipped around and chuffed and partnered a lot. Sometimes I have something that I can just grab during the interval just to keep me, keep me going. And then mm -hmm. um, before bed, just to try and refuel the muscles so that they can recover for the next day. Often if I, if I have any niggles, inflammation, if I take a handful of cherries, 
day to day, I can really tell that it helps with inflammation. They have a ton of anti-inflammatory properties to them. Very helpful, especially when you're going from show to show to show. And one thing you said was that, you know, what you do this week is going to impact how you dance next week. And I think that's really important to realize sometimes we solely think about like fueling our performance as in just in the moment. But it's so important for dancers to realize that keeping consistency with a balanced diet is beneficial for the long run and taking them from this week to next week to the upcoming week. Like we can have, it's important for us to listen to our body, but it's also important for us to plan. And I think you, you touched on this uh, when you compared your um, actual in-season days to current your current days you know now we have the opportunity of time and of being able to cook our meals and really thinking about what we might be in the mood for what we might be craving but when we're in our actual in-season performance days that becomes really difficult and I love that you mentioned the snacks that you keep on hand uh, most of them that you said were more carb-based, which is helpful because that's great for your energy, like fruit and even nuts, um, apple slices, I know you said. And then, of course, the protein factor. Not only is it going to help you stay satisfied throughout a longer performance, but it's also really helping with recovery after a long show. So that was super helpful. Are there any pre-performance rituals that you have? Um, and I know sometimes you said that it can be difficult to eat, especially because of the adrenaline and of the nerves, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, so it sounds like what you're doing is more type of smaller snacks uh, more consistently before your performance. So I'm kind of curious just to hear about that. Yeah, so we typically will finish the rehearsals at 5.30 and the show will start at 7.30. So we've got a two-hour mm -hmm. two hour block of time, which is really not a lot of time. Mm -hmm. like, you know, we kind of, pre-performance ritual-wise, I try and get my legs up right away just mm -hmm. to try and drain them and get some recovery in. And then I'll eat something um, right after that. And yeah, so it depends. It depends on what it is. If I'm not on until act two, you know, if I'm doing a solo in act two or act three, I feel like I can have a little bit more of a meal. You know, if I have time, I'll have a real meal. If not, I'll... I often will go, we have a canteen in the opera house, and I'll often go, first of all, I'll get a ton of um, drinks, like Gatorade-style drinks that I'll mm -hmm. probably mix with water, but it just does help with the electrolytes, and mm -hmm. I'll get, you know, I'll fill up my water, and I'll start hydrating during that two-hour period, because hydration for me is a real problem. I forget to drink, and then my muscles cramp, and it really just... It really affects me. I start to almost sure. get dizzy. I live on snacks during shows, so if I feel hungry, I'll keep snacking. Nuts. Um, kind of all of that. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we just have to throw some sweets in. <laughs> Mid-performance is, is more like survival mode. We have to, totally. we have to just get through. And what's going to get you through our carbohydrates. Just like you said, I mean, even sweets, chocolate, just to get the, a little bit of caffeine in the situation. Um, so I've heard that a lot. Uh, so for a longer performance, something like Swan Lake, do you feel that the mid-performance snacks are a must for you? Or is it tough with the nerves and the adrenaline? 
I don't think there's ever been a Swan Lake that I haven't snacked in between okay. two and three. Mm -hmm. Even, you know, even if I'm about to, so if I've done like pas de trois in act one and then Cygnus in act two and I'm about to go do, we do another pas de trois in act three, I'll, I'll definitely have a banana. Swan Lake is like banana central. Mm -hmm. and it just helps so much with cramping and yeah. and just giving you the energy to keep going without it being too much. Yeah. And you brought up such a good point, by the way, hydration. So many dancers, especially the students, um, especially with summer intensives, forget to hydrate. Absolutely. And it's funny because our body actually isn't the best indicator of hydration. And when we feel thirsty, it's already a sign of dehydration. So I try and encourage that you stay ahead of the game and really stay planning even your hydration, like buying a one liter bottle, making sure you fill it up a certain number of times a day, like even up to three times a day at least. Um, because like you said, that's really gonna impact your performance, especially with muscle cramping. So really good point there. Yeah, definitely. I have an app, actually. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it reminds me to drink throughout oh, the day. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Helpful. I recommend that for anyone listening to download an app for sure. Um, so what about post-performance? You know, you went, you got through this whole performance, and you're probably not really getting home until later in the evening. Is this more of like your time where you can unwind, have a very balanced type of dinner? Are you still coming off a lot of nerves? How do you feel about the post-performance situation? So post-performance, it's five later. I feel like I still haven't nailed it. Um, you know, it depends on mm -hmm. what we've done. It's such a, like, throughout your whole career, you're just always trying to find the best thing to do. Um, and typically yeah. for me, I'll, I'll come home and I'll have a, my bigger meal. And it'll be late. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll be like 1130 at night and I'm sitting down to have my my real meal, which, it, you know, will have protein, a carb and a vegetable. But I've realized if I don't do that, I'll then wake up the next morning and feel horrendous in class because right. I haven't refueled my body. So I'm better off just staying up that extra amount of time. I, I try and prepare it beforehand so it's just mm -hmm. in the fridge and I can stick it in the microwave. Um, and eat as soon as I get in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, recovery is, is essential. And it's a really hard trade-off because sleep is also a really big part of allowing the body to recover. And if you are starting the next day, even as early as nine, just in classes before you even get to the rehearsals, it's really tough to balance how you're getting a meal in, how you're getting your sleep in, and how you're really unwinding from a show. So I think the idea that you're planning ahead with those situations is super helpful and something I obviously recommend that dancers yeah. consider. It's, it's, you definitely, like for me, I have to see what ballet is what. Some ballets I need more sleep for. Oh sure, it's interesting. Other ballets, I, I can go, okay, I can stay up, have a meal, ice my feet, do some rolling and stretching, go to bed at one, which I mm. wouldn't recommend, but right. it gives me that, that extra little bit of time for recovery for my muscles. Mm -hmm. So, you know, something like Swan Lake, I don't need as much concentration because we've done it so many times. Sure. So I'll mm -hmm. concentrate more on the body side. Yeah. Um, whereas with other things, I feel like I need my brain. So yes. I'm like, sleep 
Definitely. That makes a lot of sense. That's a really interesting point that I've actually never heard before. So it's funny when, when a ballet is so ingrained into your muscle memory, it's almost like you just have to push through it, survivor, survival mode, get those snacks in, um, keep fueling yourself, give your body what it needs. But then probably when it's uh, a ballet that requires more mental focus, maybe something like Giselle, more artistry, uh, it really takes more of that mental focus that you need from sleep. So that's really interesting. I like that. So my final question for you is, how would you define a healthy dancer? This is just as general as it gets, but I just love to hear what your thoughts are. Um, I, okay, how do I define a healthy dancer? I would say um, work-life balance. Yes is so important and it's so hard. So it's really easy for me to just say that. Um, but when it comes down to it, it's, it's really difficult. And oftentimes we're too tired and I found myself sitting on the couch going, it's my only night off, but I'm too tired to go out for dinner with friends. Yeah. Um, it seems like such a, a luxury right now. I can't imagine even going out for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but I think whenever I, you know, typically I'll text my mom and she'll get back to me and say, no, you, you force yourself, take a cab, take an Uber, you know, put your legs up at the table if, mm -hmm. if, if it helps and mm -hmm. go and be social because it's so important to just take your mind as dancers, we just, we can obsess over things and yeah. it's so important to take your mind off of that and just, just have a little bit of a social life whenever you can, even if it means once a week meeting friends. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's so important to realize that as a professional dancer, you are now introducing a lot of depth to your artistry and while you're on stage. And I think having other life experiences other than just being in the studio and working on your technique is probably half the battle with that. Um, so that's such a good point. Just having that overall balance of your mental health, your physical health, your social life, and realizing that you're not just a dancer, you're also a person, a daughter, maybe a wife or a girlfriend, and there's just other titles that you wear. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Megan, thank you so much. This was such an enlightening conversation. You gave us such good points and I loved chatting with you. I can't thank you enough. Anything you want to let us off with? No pressure. Just I like to kind of leave the space open for you. Um, I think just, you know, as things ease and we can all get back into the studios, just, you know, for everyone to remember to enjoy what we do mm -hmm. because, you know, it can be taken away from us like it has for the past few yeah. months. And I think it just, it's so important to enjoy the process and it's something to remember going forward. Definitely. Megan, thank you again and we will be in touch soon. Perfect. Thank you so much.